Welcome to the Pocha Podcast, where we live at the intersection of brown pride and assimilation. I'm Kat. I'm Charlene. Charlene. Happy season four. It's season four, Kat. It is season four. This is the Weedy Weedy for March. Um, We have missed you. We know we had to do a couple best ofs, but we are starting a new season. We are back on track. All of the things. We're here. We're ready to go. Absolutely. And I am actually excited to get to season four. Not very many podcasts can actually say that. And I'm proud that we have done it and we have done it (laughs) with making zero dollars and zero cents because we're (laughs) awesome like that. (laughs) I think that might also be a record (laughs) for anyone listening. (laughs) It's going to change. I feel it. I like it, Kat. I'm ready. We, We have had many discussions and made many promises to ourselves of things to come for this season. And so what we're putting out in the universe is also going to be, we just did kind of a live bocha duo with the local public radio station in Las Cruces. And we're also looking forward to doing a live show. And I'm putting that out in the universe to make sure that we hold ourselves to it at the hood in in Mesilla. Mm -hmm. Here, Here we come, the hood. I know. And the hood, if you don't remember and you want to go back and listen... Um, they were one of our pocha picks mm-hmm. where they sell a bunch of eclectic stuff from jewelry to clothing about the hood. Um, and they even sell motorcycles and old school cars. Um, the owner has such an amazing um, collection of things, toys, mm-hmm. the little uh, homies in their original packaging. But he also fixes up cars. So it's a place that that it speaks to my heart and soul. I love it. I was just there a couple of weekends ago. My It was our wedding anniversary. My husband was like, what do you want? What do I get you? And I, I, I love shopping. You know, it's about me. I love it. And he's always like, I f- it feels so insensitive to give you money or a gift card. I'm like, are you kidding me? Give me money and the freedom and the to card. go wander a store, preferably alone, but whatever. I'll go with whoever. <laughs> and uh, I, we did. I took my daughter. We went roaming around the hood and I found myself some lovely jewelry that I will wear all the time. Mm. You also did a post on it. So there's a post that shows you a little bit of what they have. So good. And you can make purchases online. You can. Mm-hmm. And that's beautiful because it's hard for those of us who um, either don't live in the area or what have you, or like myself, I'm usually around my partner and co-conspirator um, a lot. So if I need to go shopping, I sometimes have to do it online because sometimes I can't go, you know, I can't be sneaky about it. Mm-hmm. So if I do it online, <laughs> I know I'm sneaky about it. I love it. Mm. So in season four, we are going to kick off our Weedy Weedy talking about something tangential and a little bit heavy, yeah. but we are going to get into it because it is a real thing that's happening, not just in our country, mm-hmm. but specifically within the Latina community. And that's uh, white nationalism within Latina individuals or communities. Now we have talked a little bit before about anti-blackness. And racism or roots of racism within Latina communities. There's like the casta system that Spaniards had that laid out incredibly specifically if an indigenous person and uh, a Spaniard or if, and it listed out, there's like four rows and categories of who and what. And at the bottom of it all is um, anti-blackness. Like there's indigenous, like in in a caste, a true caste system, they have black at the bottom uh, and indigenous some you know in between and whatnot but so we've talked a little bit about that 
this time around, we're getting into some Latina communities and individuals within white nationalism because we have seen a rise in that. So you, when we sat down and said, this is what we're going to talk about, you mentioned white supremacy and white nationalism. So what's the difference? So the easiest way to look at it is white supremacy first. Okay. So white supremacy, and I did take notes, that's the page turning. Wow. White, <laughs> white supremacy is basically uh, white race is superior above all others, like a caste almost. Mm-hmm. And nationalism is very specifically within a nation and very specifically within the U.S. nation, wanting to keep the nation white predominant, a white identity as the dominant and superior uh, race. And of course, that's based on race, which is a a, a construct that was created. Right. Right. So examples of white nationalist groups, probably the most um, recognized example is the KKK. Mm-hmm. So they run on white supremacy, but they want a nation of of a, a white supremacist race as the top. So right. if that if that clarifies that for for folks, uh, it's all fucked up. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I mean, uh, summary in case all that was confusing for you, it's just all fucked up. Correct. Yeah. All fucked up. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, you were the one who sent a very specific article to me. So I did. What, how did you find it, and and what was? I mean, it's interesting, but why did you why why did you want to bring that to the table? Apparently, the interwebs wanted me to be pissed off. I don't know. <laughs> like it just showed up in my feed. The rise of white nationalist Hispanics. First of all, they said the H word. Second Ooh. of all, mm-hmm. second of all, they're talking about Latina people being white nationalists and how can this be right so you start going through the article and there are several that are recent so this is i think a lot of folks going to trial from the january 6th attack on the capitol all of those kinds of things are coming to fruition and i mean and really to me also the pandemic knock on wood for real uh at least for the summer, it appears the trend is that folks are out and about. Most mask mandates are gone. Folks are out and about. People are feeling, you know, schools are all in. People are going on vacays for spring break. So, you know, the news needs something else to, to talk about. So here we are with brown people in white nationalist groups. And really, it's so shocking to me to read some of the reasons that people are giving for joining these types of groups and to think about it from obviously the perspective we have it's like what the hell are you possibly fucking thinking but um yeah so it it really did it just showed up across my feed and enraged me and i sent it to you that's how that happened so it it interested me for a couple reasons um i think we've mentioned a couple times before in our own experiences we've seen this right so we've talked a little bit you know, previous to about the anti-blackness within the Latina community, how some Latina individuals or Hispanics align themselves with white supremacy, Mm -hmm. right? As a means to be like the good minority. Um, And one of the examples is like to mejorar tu tu raza. So when you get into a relationship, you marry quote unquote up um, and out of the raza to, to better your raza. So we talked about that a little bit, but it is becoming kind of a bigger piece because there are some individuals who have really taken prominent roles 
within white nationalism, the white nationalist movement, and in some white nationalist um, organizations. So one of the examples is, is Nick Fuentes. Um, I can't remember specifically which uh, organization he's linked with off the top of my head. And then Enrique Tario, who mm-hmm. is a Cuban, uh, a person of Cuban descent, who is a former pro- Proud Boy. Which, I, first of all, I just want to hear how this guy says his name. Like uh, Tario? Enrique Tario. Is He's that probably how he Kiki. Said? I don't know. <laughs> I like, what? Hey, Ricky. How come they're not calling him Ricky? I don't know. I don't know. It's interesting yeah. to me. So, yeah, we've seen some of these folks who have made it, um, you know, have been making the news. Part of it, like you had mentioned, the, the January 6th insurrectionists who are, their, their um, court cases are now coming through. Mm-hmm. And uh, in, in, it, it just boggles my mind because to me it's like, bro, at the end of the day, all of those proud boys see you as brown. At Their genocide includes you. Right. <laughs> Like, when everyone is wiped off the planet so that white supremacy can reign, um, you're gone too, bro. Like, don't matter how... You can you can try to gain proximity to whiteness all day, every day, with all of your heart and soul, and at the end of it, you will never be. It's like the saddest version of a potro ever. Right. <laughs> you will never, ever be them, ever. So you can lead that army all day, but at the end of it, you will never, ever be white like them, ever. Right. They can give up the carne asada. They can, you know, start drinking the PBR. They can do check off all of the boxes. But at, like you said, at the end of the day, you're still not. And it is such an interesting an intersection of that pocha, pocho, inter, inter, like overall intersection, right? Mm-hmm. Like those identities, because here we are trying to reclaim the word for our own identity to be proud of who we are right and taking the things that we have learned and sometimes even unlearned to relearn Mm -hmm. and and then here are these folks who are just trying to be so far apart that their pocho just has reached a different (laughs) even identity like yeah you're really not brown enough to be and you're still never gonna be white enough to be in that proximity but in those circles in that moment it feels that way for example this this guy Enrique Tario was actually talking about how part of the reason why he loves the Proud Boys so much is because it reminds him of his house growing up in Miami loud full of people kind of going after one another making fun of each other like burlando all over Mm -hmm. the place and it it brings back this feeling for him of belonging that's why people join gangs right. too that's all this is but the the rhetoric and the like this is i mean some of the I- ideas are just so blatantly offensive like questioning the reality of the holocaust um questioning interracial marriages questioning like all of these things that i'm like how do you even think you got here like what exactly is happening in your brain (laughs) do you understand your own heritage because obviously you have not followed that pathway and aligned it with the pathway of these folks because that would be a real bad crash at the end and you have not put two and two together right there just seems to be like a lot of doubly standard right yes so um and and one of the other things that really sticks out to me is some of these white supremacist, white nationalist organizations and individuals, they also 
you know, align themselves with the anti-maskers, anti-vaccine, anti-gay, yep. um, anti-immigrant. And that, that, those pieces are like, okay, but if you are anti-immigrant and aligning yourself, let's say, with the Proud Boys or what have you, that's how you're... I know, oddly, the border didn't cross me, or I didn't cross the border, the border crossed me, but Mm -hmm. we are seen as immigrants. And in my case, we did come over, right? Right. Not justify, but how do you equate being an immigrant but being anti-immigrant? Yeah. And it's, it's, it's a question that I don't have an answer to, but it's a question that living in the borderlands we see all the time. Even within my own family, we've had discussions of like, but how, what is the us and them? How can you be anti-immigrant knowing that your grandparents or your parents or your Theo came over? Like that just does not, what do they say? That dog just don't hunt. I, I mean, to me, it really is that self-hatred, right? If I, if I bury that piece, if I hate it enough, if I bury it enough, if I immerse myself in whiteness, then that can go away and I can be part of and this for me is what it's about power i can be part of power because that dominant culture is what has and always has had power in what is the united states that's that's the power force and and other colonized countries so and yes. in brazil and in absolutely any of the latin american countries absolutely the colonizer is the power they are the ones who have taken over who have who have the money who are sitting at the head of whatever table is in power whatever it looks like a democracy or or whatever and if you can get yourself close enough to that then maybe you can have some of that power too right and that's just not the way it works it's a fallacy because you just are never gonna get that power you're too brown, From bro. From the dominance. <laughs> the other thing You're is still brown. The other thing that's fascinating to me is the like I can't be racist because I oh am Mexican. Oh my gosh, I keep seeing that in all of these articles too. Like, I'm over here speaking Spanish. How can I be racist? Um, that's not how that works either. <laughs> <laughs> like, just it just feels like people are just not really thinking this through, and that bothers me so much. You're right. Like the hypocrisy makes me insane. I, you know, I look at me, I'm brown skin, my last name is this, my my parents don't even speak English, how can I be racist? And yet, you are doing things like wearing a t-shirt that says chauvinist on it, with the front part being for Derek Chauvin, one of the police officers who murdered George Floyd. Like, that's, that's your claim to proud? Like, that's what you're proud of right now? I don't understand. I re- and and to call in your heritage and to call in your language and say i'm still part of that so how can i possibly be part of this thing you're saying i am um because your actions show what a dumbass you're being right now exact that exact hypocrisy is what is happening it's it's um yeah, I, again, that that's when the inter- apparently on a you know just random Tuesday morning the internet wanted to make me mad <laughs> because that was one of the images that just like what are you kidding me this shirt like so in scrolling through some of the the f- f- when I did some when I was looking at some of the articles and scrolling in through some of the photos that they had of some of the um, variety of leaders or people within mm-hmm. b- so most of them are passable 
There are a sure. handful who, mm-hmm. oh, you you could be X, Y, and Z. But so most white of passing, you're saying they passing. look white until you white see passing. the name or until they explain their heritage. Right. And I wonder if some of them hide that. Like, obviously, no. some of the folks now are like, it's too, you're too far gone. You're in the news, mm-hmm. this, that, and the next. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if some of the folks who are in these organizations hide that about themselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think um, those are the success stories that we'll never know about, right? They have assimilated in so deep that they are seen as white. And that's the goal. That is the that is the goal. I am close to whiteness. I am whiteness. I am in power because I have all of these people around me saying, we're better than them. Whoever them is in that moment, we're better. We have more and we are going to take over more power because we have this force. And it's gang mentality. It is that mm-hmm. same gang mentality. Like, I belong here where... I mean, pobrecitos, I don't know who didn't tell them they loved them or nothing, or making tortillas or something, or arepas, I don't know, but pobres. So, one of their grandma, somebody. One other thing that I was looking at when I was looking this up was, um, one of the articles was talking about Latina, more and more, uh, some Latina individuals are um, identifying as white. Yes. And when I thought about it, I was like, you know what, but when I look at my birth certificate, mm-hmm. and again, under this system of quote-unquote race that was created Mm -hmm. my birth certificate says white and why was it created definitely to oppress it was to make sure that the people in power remained in power and that others quote-unquote were identifiable Mm -hmm. not just in appearance but on paper you need to be identifiable as other so that i know who my people are my power people can remain in power and I know who you are because you are the enemy right so when some of these folks who are identifying as white they're like but my birth certificate also says that I'm white and right. it eliminates that indigeneity that you have or what you know what other um, aspects of your heritage that you might have which on the one hand is like well I can't change my birth certificate right like it's just gonna be there I don't know how but when I check off boxes I do put other because I don't identify as white Mm -hmm. just because my piece of paper does. We, interestingly, uh, I was, my best friend, she's been my best friend since sixth grade. We, and she's Lebanese. Her mother is Lebanese. Mm. Um, And they have some prominent features as Lebanese people, this beautiful olive skin, some like a prominent nose, like some different features that are certainly distinguishing of Lebanese people, right? She her mom was talking to us about like their ancestors fighting to have to be recognized as white on the census Ah. because it was a power play Mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. they want they want like we've talked about the pochaness transcends our own you know from being latina like this is all types of cultures want in on that power want in on what comes with it financial stability generational wealth like there are it's not just power building for many many people particularly i would say people of color is not just because i want to own everything and be a billionaire and and rule but i want to make sure my kids have it better than i did i want to make sure they have an opportunity to go to college and have a sustainable job and not be incarcerated and not be reliant upon 
substances or alcohol to get through the day because life sucks because everything is so fucking stressful and they have to work three jobs and on and on and on it's trying to build something better right so it's not out of malice or out of a denial of their heritage all of the time sometimes it is the very reason we say we're pochas they fought for that proximity to whiteness so that their kids would have a chance at what they didn't mm-hmm. and and now you know her too her and her family are talking about like was that the move right we're proud to be lebanese people we love having this little bit of language that still exists in the family these recipes that still exist in the family like the traditional foods and how much of it has been lost because of that fight for whiteness because they wanted to have something in this country beyond the food right right and you know, I was jokingly talking to a, a young person over the weekend, and they are, you know, my kids' age, thereabouts, maybe a little bit younger. And, um, I, you know, I, I jokingly told her, like, I'm so sorry previous generations have fucked shit up, but we are really banking on, and, I, and part of it is truth. Like, I really am banking, but also we ha- we have an, uh, an obligation to, to push and make changes. But this up these upcoming generations walking out of schools like in florida for the don't say gay law Mm -hmm. right they are really pushing the envelope of what is possible and what can be done within a generation and i hope is a healthier way Mm -hmm. than the ways that we have tried to change either in our generation or generations before us because you know there was some of our previous generations who jumped onto the feminist bandwagon, mm-hmm. even though mm-hmm. feminism at its beginnings and in still some forms now is racist and, you know, white aligning and white, right. you know, white, uh, well, just racist. So <laughs> stop trying just, to make it sound nice, Kat. Yes. Tr- quit trying to make it, just say <laughs> what it is. The truth, the truth is the truth. But so in this thought process of, pushing the movement mm-hmm. and in, and also another of my identities lgbtq people in trying to push the movement and get rights it was white first right it was cis first mm-hmm. so hopefully this next gen is looking at it as a we all right we all go we all get it we all get to have a say and a part and a visibility i, I also want no pressure no pressure and and they can do it they can do it these kids are sassy as fuck, <laughs> sass of frass. Like they can do it, for, you know. For all the the things that the interrupts has done, it really has made them way smarter than and Encyclopedia Britannica ever made us. Oh, knowledge like, this is, is and it's spread and it's quick and yes. it's fast yes. and it's easily uh, chewable like digestible it's just everything is just so much more they just have to use their powers for good yes and so the other last thing that i i I wanted to to bring up about this was even within our own state and a couple things to note when i was looking at the southern southern poverty law center list of like hate groups which is Mm. you know there's Mm anti-semitic and and then there's white nationalists and there's anti-LGBT so they are they kind of clump all of these together even though as mentioned before the thread kind of is the same of all like usually the same folks who are white nationalists are also Mm anti-LGBT are also Mm -hmm. 
anti like femme or femme body autonomy, like all of these things. Um, but as of late, or so the Southern Poverty Law Center has these lists and in the Southwest and another dominant, uh, Latina dominant, um, population states Mm -hmm. of note, for instance, New Mexico only has one. They have the proud boys as, as listed, Mm. um, Arizona has 22, and there's a oh, lot of damn. indigenous people in Arizona as well. Um, Texas has 52. <laughs> Texas We're not is just one, whole <laughs> one. <laughs> um, New York has 35. Interesting. California has 65. Oh, dang. Right. So it's, it, and Florida has 53, and Colorado has 18. So it was interesting huh. to see, even in these, these um, states that have an abundance of Latina communities and other people of color communities, in particular like California, New York, you know that those are melting pots. They still have a chinga of... Well, maybe in a state that's less of color, you don't have to have a hate group because there's nobody to hate. <laughs> no, Idaho still's got ones. Oh, oh so, Idaho. Like every, every state has at least something listed. That's I was actually really surprised that New Mexico only had one Well, listed. and I wonder Not what it lie. takes to get recognized and to be put on a list. Like what are the criteria for you being a recognized group? Right. And, and to be fair, like I said, they're clumping a lot of things mm-hmm. that are anti into one. So mm-hmm. this wasn't specifically white nationalist mm-hmm. groups, although the one group that New Mexico had listed is a white nationalist group. right wow. um, and then the other thing is like CRT has been critical race theory has mm-hmm. been an ongoing topic and uh, a dog whistle for some of these groups as mm-hmm. well that has been a topic that's been going on you know a good year year and change sure and one of the things that I've heard the most even in this state even from people of color in this state mm-hmm. is this um, talking point of I don't want to be a victim right like, I don't want my, and it's usually people who self-identify as Hispanic. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be Hispanic who is continually a victim. And that's just, again, it's hard for me to wrap my head around. What, what comes to your mind when you hear that? Self-hatred. Mm-hmm. A lot of self-hatred. And, a, and you know, I, uh, without having had one-on-one conversations with some of these individuals, I'm like, why'd you sell out? I know that's shit ass. That's shit ass of me to to paint <laughs> such okay. a broad, bro- you know. Thing. I painted that with a broad brush of these individuals, and I'm, you know, they may have individual stories of the shit that they've had to go through, the things, mm-hmm. immigrating their families, all these things. But I'm like, man, that self hatred you just sold the fuck out of mm-hmm. other generations of other people and what they have had to go through. You know, discounting someone else's story, discounting what my mom had to go through moving into the neighborhood that she now tells me stories about. Mm -hmm. That I'm like, our neighbors did that to you? Mm -hmm. The people I grew up with that I thought were cool and they treated you like that? Mm -hmm. And why didn't you ever tell me sooner so that I could not, so that I could throw rocks in their window? That too. (laughs) So that I could light that bag of poop on fire at their doorstep. But no, like, to warn me, to tell me that it's out there. Because I, you know, I did have this like fairy tale la la up until a certain point. Mm-hmm. And hearing it now, I'm like, the strength that she had to have to be someone with an accent, to live two miles from the border and be treated like that is just like, damn. To me, that part is the word that comes to mind when I hear those 
that commentary piece is denial. Mm. Like you don't want to be a victim. Well, cool for you that somebody fought so that there's not signs up anymore saying no Mexicans, no dogs. Cool for you, bro, that you don't have to be that victim anymore because somebody changed that shit for you. And if you want to keep looking forward, you don't have the power you think you have. You don't have the access to money or wealth or power like you think you do, particularly in this state, because it's confusing. It is, we have a, we, you know, there's rose colored glasses and we have like brown colored glasses here because people look like us everywhere Mm, we go. mm, mm. When you start looking at the percentages and when you start looking at the numbers and when you start looking at the patterns and the history of how many of the people in this state that are in poverty are of color and how many are not, when you start looking at who's been elected to office, even though we're a majority minority state, it's not brown people. It's certainly not indigenous people. It's certainly not black people. So you might think that because you're you're driving a newer car, your life is comfortable. You have a job that you're not afraid to lose every day. You have a retirement. Like you're set. You have won the American dream. There's more out there, mm. and they make you think there's not. They make you think you've made it. You have assimilated so well. You have made the American dream. I call bullshit. I want more. And because I love this country, and because I believe that our gente fought for more, we, we're going to get more, Kat. There's we're gonna more get out more. there. And it's, it's funny because you're saying, like, we have done the American dream, but they keep changing the lines of what the American dream means. Mm. They're like, oh, this is the goal line. No, I was lying. This is the goal line. No, I was lying. And then they make it fucking bullshit hard for you to do that. American dream, own a house. Really, how many people you have to have on that piece of paper to buy a house right now? What's the interest rate? They look at my last name. Are they really going to take my my loan? Like the Mm -hmm. goal changes all the time. The rules change all the time. We have to adapt. And, you know, does that make us victims? Well, that certainly doesn't make it an even playing field for me to be on or for you to be on. Absolutely. I don't and I don't feel like that makes me a victim. There are things in this life that have made me feel like a victim. That's not one of them. That that makes me feel like, oh, game on. Okay. You want to fuck up Mm. the system? Let's fix it. Where is it broken? Because I want to know and I want to fix it. And this is not, this is another thing I wanted to talk about. This is not a Democrat versus Republican issue. This is not a political sideline game. This, that is a fallacy that has also gotten us to a point where we cannot have discourse Mm -hmm. anymore. When I say I'm a Democrat and someone says they're a Republican, I do not assume that they're a white nationalist. If someone has an American flag flying in the front of their house, I don't assume that they are a racist. But we have started to identify those things together. That's not the truth. And I don't know if it's the media and I don't know if it's the hype from both sides. Absolutely. That has us pulling even. I mean, it's the gang mentality. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go where I belong and this feels safe. So I want my echo chamber to look and sound like me. I don't want to hear anybody that disagrees. I love a good debate. I love talking to people that don't agree with me, who are smart, who have researched things, who can come with facts and stories from their own life about why they feel this way. Oh my gosh, that and a bottle of wine is a, is a good time for me. Love it. So this is not about people agreeing with me. And this is not about 
political party. This is who you are as a core and what you think this country is capable of. Not for white people, not for who it's always been for, but for everybody, mm. for all of us. What can it look like? Because that's what I'm here for. Agreed. Agreed. And I love that this got you fired up. So right now you're like pointing oh fingers, your hair is shaking, like all of the things. I love it when you get all sorts of like... I know my head's all moving around. Like, somebody asked me the other day, like on Zoom, like why, why you got your head all going like that? I'm like, that's just how I talk when I'm like emotional about something. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Ooh, we got you emotional today. I know. It's an emotional start of the fourth season. I know. You brought it. I thought it was going to be all sad and depressing, but now I am. I'm like, oh, hell no. This is our, this is our moment. Okay. So and the pushback is just a sign that it's working. We're coming up, people. We're coming up. I see this being, uh, the Pocha podcast being on its fourth season as that sign of like, we are still going. Like, we haven't run out of things to talk about. Oh, no. We haven't run out of listeners. We still have that one. And we... <laughs> and you know and we continue to enjoy what we're doing and that's I think the 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 biggest thing for me is like okay when we're looking at what our topic is going to be or when we're going to meet or whatever it's like do I still enjoy talking to Charlene yes great (laughs) I like that you that's the first question you have to ask (laughs) is this still worth it yes (laughs) I love it I um and when we started this podcast it was because we knew that it's very complicated to live in this world that's between white dominance and brown pride and being brown and being semi-Spanish, Spanglish speaking on the border. It's a story for so many people. Wherever they are at in their immigration journey, through their family, whatever generation they are, this is a story for so many people who, again, just want to belong. And this is where we belong, Kat. This is definitely where we belong and where our listeners belong. And I also love that not all of our listeners agree with us on every episode. And we get feedback about that. Love it. Just don't leave us any more one-star ratings because um, (laughs) someone did that. And it's really messing up our I know now I'm like and at least leave a like leave a comment like how we could do better be you know give us some critique like even if it's like Charlene's annoying I don't know something give us something some yeah anything and then I'll just talk more but still (laughs) give us the comment so we know and you can give us comments either on uh Apple uh they had the ability to give us some some star ratings and feedback we also take feedback on social media where can they find us we are always on instagram usually on facebook sometimes on twitter and we have a tiktok account apparently now we do i sat on it because i was like there are other pocha well a pocha is a word that's not just in spanish true story so there is another pocha podcast but it's completely different and from an asian country mm-hmm um, so I sat on it just to make sure, like, okay, we have all the things. Okay, that's great. Will we start making some TikToks? I tell you what, social media is an investment. Like, mm-hmm. once we start getting paid for this full time, <laughs> yes, I could see us doing TikToks. I like it. Right now, where we have a full time job and all the other obligations, you know, you can find us occasionally on Twitter. <laughs> <You can find laughs> Instagram. Yes. Um, but yes, those are the places you can find us. You can listen to the podcast. Make sure you subscribe. You can do that on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean. You can tell Alexa to play Pocha Podcast. And this is the year. We are um, 
asking you to help us. We have said from the beginning of mm-hmm. 2022, we're going to blow up this year. This is the thing. So we want to do that, but we can't do that without you. So have you told your cousin, your prima, your tia, um, has this sparked a conversation with someone else? You're bringing this at the water cooler and you're like, you know where I got this? Bocha podcast. We also just re-upped on some stickers. So we are going to hand some out. If you'd like some, let us know. Yes, I can do a little, a little put some in the mail. Uh, if you really want a sticker, let us know. And for those of you who have done that and who have been listening for all of the seasons, we love you, we appreciate you, and we're glad you're back for season four. We just got, two, so two things. One, someone said, so when are you going to get this, the, our logo tattooed on, <gasps> so you and I get, when are we getting it tattooed? Wow. And then the second thing was, someone was saying just, just Saturday, hey, I was re-listening to some old, uh, old podca- uh, podcast episodes, so thank you for re-listening. Aww. And um, she said, I want to do a tortilla throwdown with you guys. <gasps> and I was on. like, dude, we're going to lose so hard to you because you, you bake and you cook and stuff. It's all good. Let's, I mean, I'm, but then we get to eat the good tortillas. I know. I know her good tortillas because I know yeah, for sure ours. mine can be good shoe leather. Yeah. Mine so. were like bread. Not good. <laughs> so, yes, we will do that. Um, and I guess maybe a tattoo at some point in time. So you have been listening to the Kickstarter of season four of the Bocha podcast. This has been the March Weedy Weedy for you. I'm Kat. I'm Charlene. And we will catch you on the flip side. Bye.